Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to our series, Step-by-Step Teaching Process. And this is the first video in that series called Writing a Bible Message. And I am with Susie Hawkins and Kristen Poole. Thank you so much, ladies, for being part of this so that we can gather our thoughts together and as a group probably have a lot more to say than I certainly would by myself. (laughs) Now, I'd like to encourage you, if you are wanting to follow us in uh, learning this step-by-step teaching process, we have a resource online under our uh, leadership development series on teaching. Uh, and we're going to be going through this with you, but you need to look at it yourself, probably. And we'll have some slides throughout, but this will be very helpful to you. As we look at this, Uh, The first couple of items on here are not what we're going to talk about. They're the things that you do alone, and we at some point may talk about your study to teach. But right now, we're not going to talk about the study process. We're not going to talk about choosing your text, and we're not going to um, talk about your personal study. So we're going to move into really what is the fourth point here, which is write one sentence studying the author's main point from that text. Do not impose a point you want to make, but allow the text to speak in its context. So as you think about that, you've got a passage. Possibly you've been given a passage. Maybe maybe you're in a women's Bible study and you're going through a book, and so you've been assigned a passage. You've been assigned a passage, each one of us. So sometimes you don't have much choice, but other times it's totally up to you. You think about your audience, you think about your people, but once you've determined what your text is, however you get there, then you, you need to think through the passage and come up with the author's main point. And I start thinking about it. This can be really hard. Why is it hard? What, what, what does our mind go that we're thinking of other things and it's hard to pick out? Well, but what is the author really saying here? Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have any answers? <laughs> We're waiting for you to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know what, ha- what I hear often when people are, are teaching. They're teaching what was meaningful to them, what God said to them personally, instead of what the author's point is. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I've been guilty of it. Oh, totally, totally. Well, that's where you have to go to context. I feel like that's such a cliche, but it's true where you need to understand the whole context of the book, the chapter, the section of the book. I mean, if you're in something like Deuteronomy, you know, that's going to take some figuring out what was happening there as opposed to one of the Gospels or one of Paul's letters. But you've got to figure out the context, the bigger picture first, before I think, before you get more specific. You look at the big picture then you bring it in, you zoom in, mm-hmm. so to speak, closer and closer and closer. Because really the, the author's purpose and the author's message in the whole book affects how you understand the parts of the book. 
Exactly. Yeah. So if you've never done anything like this before, it would probably be good to take your text. Well, I've been guilty of shortcuts, yes, but I've been guilty of shortcuts. I just want to go to the main thing, get right. it down, but right. I, that's a big mistake. You've got to discipline yourself to take some time and look at the overall story of that book and what's being said and then move down to the passage. That's what I do. I agree. and. You know, you have to go through the process because you can be guilty kind of the, of the other way, which is, I love this book, and I'm going to teach on what this book says overall, and that's maybe not what's in the specific passage or the specific verse. And so, you know, when approaching um, a, a study, you know, you do want to read the chapters around it, and maybe the whole book if it's, if it's a, a doable thing. Um, for me, I kind of take that and read through the whole context and think about the whole meaning, and then almost set aside some time and then come back to it with just my passage and think through what is this mm -hmm. saying too so that I'm not trying to teach more than what the passage is um, that I'm specifically given. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too another discipline I've learned a uh, professor tell me that's my class our class one time if you want to get a real strong sense of the meaning of a passage Read it in every translation you can mm -hmm. find. Mm -hmm. And that has been really helpful to me. That is not hard to do. But from the message to the King James, you know, read, read all the translations you can get your hands on. And it, it's helpful. It just continues to clarify the main point using different language, yes. different verbiage. But it, it, that is really helpful to me. Yeah, I think that's great because even as I prepared for this, um, devotional I was reading in the new Holman Christian translation yeah. I've never read that and one of the things they were bringing out is the word Christ they were translating it as Messiah which I know but that's a huge part of of what's oh, going on that. like oh it's the Messiah the yeah. Jewish Messiah and just thinking through so yeah you're right the translations bring out mm -hmm. different nuances of the text and make you think about it fresh mm-hmm and of course the more you're looking at the larger context the less um, you're drawn to imposing just something you want to say and picking a verse out of the air and going, well, I really would like to do this devotional on peace. So you just find a verse whether it really has anything to do with the kind of peace you're talking about. You've decided this is going to be your verse. And so all of that study, even though we're not talking about study right now, that's how you get to your point. It's not that you decide what the point is and find verses. It's that you let the author speak for himself. Mm -hmm. And so then how do you decide the next part of our step-by-step -step process is to write out the primary purpose of the message. You've decided what the author, what the author's main mm -hmm. um, message is, but what's, what do you do differently at this point? It says it could be to inform, to prove, or, or apply the author's main point. So how do you make that determination as you look at that as to which of those you're going to do in your message? Well, I think you look at your audience. That would be not the only consideration, but you look at your audience. Are they brand new Christians? Is this information? Are they more seasoned believers where it's a little more application to another stage of life? Um, is it seekers? Are you wanting to prove something or non-Christians or people kind of just questioning? I think you would look at your audience and first, not the only, that would not be the only consideration, but just think of who you're speaking to as to how you would approach it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking that, and then maybe secondarily stepping back and just praying through, um, you know, the Spirit obviously wrote the Word of God and is active when we teach and we speak. And so thinking about, I know at church, you know, preachers will have different um, purposes each week. Sometimes, they, you know, exhortation, sometimes information, and letting the Spirit kind of say, okay, what do these women need at this at this point, um, maybe they do need to be informed because they've forgotten, but maybe it's more applicational. You need to drive a point home and just praying through maybe what the Lord would lead you to, to, to focus on. And sometimes, I mean, the passage is a proof text and, yes. you know, the author is proving something. And so you need mm-hmm. to go with mm-hmm. the way the author's exactly. message um, goes through the text and mm-hmm. if, if that's the situation. Then you outline the subpoints that arise from the text, not just subpoints you want to make, but subpoints that arise from the text. And how do you decide if you've got, let's say, and I've written a Bible study lately where we're, we're going to go through a couple of passages, a couple of two or three chapters of John every single week. All right. So how do I, if I'm going to teach that live, how do I hone in on how many subpoints and you know, should I try to do the whole thing? What would you suggest on something like that? I mean, there are many set points in here, so mm-hmm. obviously I can't do all of them, but how how do you hone in on something, and how many set points is too many, and you just go, I can't do the whole passage? What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. You go first on this one. <laughs> well, uh, having knowing your time limit is definitely a big piece of it. So knowing how much you're going to be able to cover and how much you're not. So um, when you do your outline, you know, you may not be able to get to every sub point and just kind of letting yourself be okay with that and just hitting the highlights. For me, I let um, some of the commentaries really help me focus in on what the main issues are. So after doing study, going to some of the resources I'm using, letting them kind of point out um, you know, this is really huge in this verse, and I may not have even noticed that. Um, and so for me, kind of trusting some of those resources and saying they're bringing up the most important pieces and, and starting starting with those and not worrying about getting to all the subpoints. Yeah, that's good advice. I always go back to the old structure of who, what, when, where, and you may not be able to answer all those bullet points because of time. But to um, usually you can, with that structure in your mind, you can go into the text and pull that out, who it was, when it happened, what was the point, what's, what's Paul saying, why is he spending so much time on this topic, mm-hmm. you know, what was the issue there that he needs to teach them, so, so what was it, when was it, how, how was it, how does he apply it, just... Um, that comes from old-fashioned English grammar, you know, that's but that's yeah. the structure I always end up going back to to help me find my subpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, sometimes it might be that you need to divide it into two messages or... Yes, and you should be thankful for that. It gives right. you material for the next time. I mean, if, if, you've got, if you've got that kind of flexibility, there are, yeah. things, there are things like that you can do. If, or you just hit the main points and let the subpoints be something for another day and another message. So I've done all of that. The next thing that you do is once you've got this outline, and, and I, wanted, I wanted to tell y'all that I talked to a friend recently who uh, was doing some teaching in a church where I was, and she would teach periodically. 
and now she's going to the seminary and she's taking, she's taking um, you know, the Bible study methods course and those kinds of things. And she said, and, she's, and she, she also is taking a teaching class. Mm -hmm. And she said, Kay, why didn't you tell me I was supposed to outline it before I decided what I was going to say? <laughs> why didn't you tell me I should look at the text and let it outline it for me? I'm like, I didn't know you didn't know. <laughs> You know, I just yeah. didn't know you didn't know that that basically the outlines in front of you is just a matter of how do you pull that together and what right. do you say about them. And so it's just so funny. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm glad you're a seminary. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Uh, but you take those sub points and then you add what you want to say to explain, to illustrate, illustrate to help them believe. And so illustrations... What we're, just quickly, just in a quick summary, because we're going to do a video on illustrations, but just summarize um, what would be your, your best advice to somebody about illustrations? Well, I think a personal illustration is usually carries more weight than any other kind. It's certainly not the only illustration that can be powerful, but your own story saying, this is how I felt, this is how what happened to me, I think that carries an impact in your message when it's a personal story. It does, and that sometimes stays with somebody, and they remember the point because of the illustration sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. often, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think especially the shorter amount of time you have, the better it is to be personal because you can connect with your audience really quickly and um, kind of develop a rapport. Um, it's great to have some incredible, you know, illustration of someone else but you really need to have time to develop that um, time in your message. And so I think mm -hmm. for me, just keeping it simple and keeping it personal is, is and And sometimes the simplest ones are the best. You know, not a major life crisis, really. Sometimes just the simple everyday feelings or things people relate to that. And I also try to do this myself, I don't always do it, but to refer back to that illustration when you go through your subpoints, as you go through your message, kind of weave it in a little bit here and there to keep that picture, that mm -hmm. story in their mind. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, and I, I love to do that. I always like it when I feel like my illustration wraps around the whole. So great when it all fits. It really does, and it doesn't always, it doesn't do, always that. do that. It doesn't always do that. It doesn't. And in those cases, sometimes I'll have to have more than one illustration mm -hmm. of something, right. but... I do think the personal, I totally agree with what you have said, a personal illustration, I always want to have one of those, even if it's not the big illustration for the whole thing that I might put in the introduction and conclusion, mm -hmm. I try to put something in there about myself and that just as I'm applying it at the end or somewhere, something about me, even if I have a different type of illustration. Mm -hmm. But you do have to be very aware of your audience when you choose your illustrations. And um, I think about my friend, we went to um, Ukraine years ago and did some Bible teaching in Ukraine and Russia with some women. And she used the illustration of bugs on her windshield when she drives the car. And I thought, hmm, these, none of these women have cars. I don't know if they have the kind of bugs we have in Texas, you know, which seem to be large and always on our windshield, yeah. you know. And so it, it, was a, it was a perfect illustration for what she was talking about. I'm just not sure it was the right audience. Right. And that's what you have to be careful about. The illustration has to fit the audience. They have to understand the illustration yeah. or it's pointless. Yeah. 
to uh, try to illustrate it. Well, thank you, ladies. I think that hopefully this will be a help to all of you out there who would like to teach. And we hope that you will watch our next video. Kristen is going to do an example devotional. And then in the third video, we're going to debrief it together. So you can see how the elements we just talked about, the process we just discussed, worked for Kristen in her devotional. And come online at beyondordinarywomen.org and look over all of our videos that we have that are out there to give you training and all sorts of aspects of ministry. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.